Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. This is Merrill Schindler, and this is High on the Hog, the only show that deals with what the heck is CBD? What the heck is THC? What can it do for you? What can it do for you? And the answer seems to be a heck of a lot. Every day I'm here about new discoveries of the wonders of medical marijuana, medical cannabis. This is good stuff. This is this is what's happening right there right now. This is what's growing. Do you know... Do you know that there are now weed tours, cannabis tours, the way that, you know, you go to Napa, Sonoma, you go on a wine tour, there are no cannabis tours, and they're popping up everywhere. It is amazing. I'm here with my co-hosts, Janice Hardoon of K-Town Collective. Collective. I was going to say also Koreatown Collective, depending on what you want. Joanna Belson, a woman who knows what she knows, and our special guest today, the very excellent Cami Cutter, who we'll get to in just a moment. But Hello. so, wait, wait, Janice, you being deep inside of this, probably as deep as any of us, have you encountered the tours? Yes, we have seen the tours uh, come through. Um, actually, Are they like a bus? It's a bus. They have ganja, ganja bus tours. They have people that are starting up new tours. We actually deal with a concierge service so that when you go and check into your hotel that we come right up on your screen for to answer all your medicinal needs regarding THC and CBD. And that's so much better than going to the mini fridge. You know, so much more useful. I want them to go to the mini fridge because soon they'll have a package of our CBD Elevate skincare products in there and they can look refreshed after a hard night out. On Los Angeles night touring. It sounds pretty... Well, I, and, okay, so the, the the tours, I mean, is this like you go to Disneyland, you know, on Wednesday and you go on a cannabis tour on Thursday? How does this work? No, it's more like Starline tours and they have a star map and they just go from collective to collective and people get on and off the bus. I'm very fortunate because I have to tour a bus stop right in front of Koreatown Collective on Melrose. And when people go in, I assume they're buying something? I would say pretty many of them do buy stuff, even if they leave with a novelty item of a pre-roll or an edible. Uh Um, So whether they spend $10 to... I had someone come in off off of a trip to this morning, and he spent $700 because he was going on his tour, and he wanted some of everything. He wanted to show everybody what was there. He was looking to have a really good time. He'd what? been smoking, I think, Merrill, he was a little bit older than you, and I had to listen to all his stories of back in the day. Back in the day. Back no, in the back day. Back in the day. It that's, was another, like, so that's another radio show, I guess, that's, for next the time. Back in the day mm-hmm. was, um, you know, back in the day was heavy paranoia is what it was. I remember the paranoia. I remember the... Um, the uh, you know, better put that away. I think uh, I think someone's you know watching it. I see the middle look out. And I, I mean, what's about? I was in San Francisco. I would say I back paranoid. in the day, back in the day, really came back from in the seventies when they had so many fertilizers and pesticides and things that they were using um, tobacco plants, and people started to put that on to cannabis. And I think that's where 
cannabis really started with like a bad name where it just wasn't homeopathic and because of those times with I believe it was DTD um, was a pesticide that people were actually dipping their their flour in yeah. which was very toxic and okay I'll toss problems. out a word that you haven't heard hopefully in half a century okay what not even then paraquat. Anyone remember Paraquat? Nope. Nope. Okay, Paraquat. Paraquat was a government program to, um, from the air, spray marijuana fails with a totally toxic, poisonous substance. So anyone who used cannabis would basically get sick, possibly die. They had because, the schizophrenia. I believe they had some mental disorders. That yeah, it was bad. Was, it was is that similar to like Agent Orange when they yeah. had... Yeah, and it was. The but, they spread, but Agent Orange would, uh, you know, would just defoliate. This defoliated basically the people who were using it, and it was like this was our government. This was our, your tax dollars at work. This was staggering. I think that at that time that was your tax dollars at work. My, <laughs> they're, they're still collecting my tax dollars. Ah, uh, you know. Boy, below the belt, let me tell you. <laughs> Though we, we do have some good work down there. Um, <laughs> well, that, that may be a little too much information for us, Meryl. Cammy, thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Tell me, okay, what, you were born and raised where? Uh, Seattle, Washington. Seattle, okay. So you're you're one of the most civilized parts of the world. You know, try, yeah. try, you know. Keep um, it on the West Coast, though. Wasn't was it actually Washington State uh, legalized before California? Do yep. I have my dates It was right? Washington, then Oregon, then California. Okay. And I worked my way from the top to the bottom of the country. <laughs> I'm not going to Mexico, though. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I hear that you're a commercial pilot? I was a commercial pilot. Um, I actually quit my commercial pilot job when I saw Washington become legal because I paid for a lot of my pilot's licenses by selling cannabis in the uh, medical market, as we like to refer to it. Um, seeing the change and being a part of the prohibition, the breaking of prohibition, I had to move back and quit my pilot job and try cannabis out. I mean, what was my worst case scenario? I went back to being a pilot if I failed, but that was not really an option for me. When you say pilot, were you like, you know, flying like, you know, um, PSA and so, Pan Am, American so, Airlines? So I graduated from Embry-Riddle. Um, I have a bachelor's in professional aeronautics. I have my commercial multi-instrument, all of my licenses. Uh, there's this thing they don't tell you when you graduate from college, you have about 800 hours. No airline will hire you until you have about 1,500 to 2,000 at the time. So there's this lovely little part where you're either a flight instructor or you're kind of a excuse my French a flight bitch so I was kind of more of the flight bitch I flew in Florida I flew drunk guys airplanes home because they were too drunk to fly I flew planes for maintenance I did general repositioning and there's no money in flying after September 11th and it's not something I enjoy flying as a hobby as a job not so much you're a bus driver at this yeah. point. Do you remember discovering um, a medical cannabis? Do you remember the, that, that first experience? Oh, yeah. Um, I was 15 years old. I was at Ski Club. Um, we had just, you know, ski you down were at, the... What? Ski Club. Oh, I thought you said skeet. Oh, Ski Club. Yeah. So basically on Friday, they loaded the buses up and took us all up to the mountain. And then we skied until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. Then they brought us all back. Um 
we went into the woods and this girl, Chase Smith, says, do you want to try this? And I'm like, what is it? She's like, well, it's weed. And I'm like, well, that's illegal. I'm going to I'm going to do heroin if I if I smoke that weed. She goes, no, 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 just just try a little. And I did. And I'm like, I feel normal. Um, Growing up, I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD. My mom had me on a very high dose of Adderall starting at seven years old. So that is something that I've lived with my whole life. And that first hit of cannabis in the freaking trees, in the snow, I will never forget because I felt normal. My anxiety was yep. gone. And after that, then I started to hide it. We, uh, we went to uh, Mexico for a family vacation and I bought a little pipe. And then uh, for that little pipe and wood shop, I made a little box to put it in that connected to the back of my desk. So it looked like part of my desk, but maybe you didn't know it was part of my desk. And uh, I have smoked then ever since and kind of hid it from my parents um, up to the point that I quit my pilot job and moved back. And my dad was not so very thrilled with my uh, change of you know, I think for a lot of us who use cannabis for medical purposes, the there there really is that come to Jesus moment that you get that that nothing's working, nothing's working. The drugs are getting worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, I'm scared of them. That you know, I keep reading about all the all the addiction, and then someone says, "Try this," and you go, "Wait a minute, the anxiety is gone," or in my case, the the obsessive itching from a, a skin disease I had is gone. It's just it's gone. Nothing. Nothing, nothing with, you know, very complex um, prescription pharmaceuticals was doing anything except getting mm-hmm. me greasy. Yep. And this stuff was, it just stopped just like that. And my inability to sleep, it just stopped just like that. And it was like I was able to get past the disease and, you know, find cures for it and live, you know, a fairly normal life. And it is amazing. It's Absolutely. the stigma of smoking because until I separated from my ex I didn't have a bong I didn't smoke at home and I took Xanax because I had a real anxiety disorder and once I left and I started smoking because it was okay and there was nothing wrong with it I mean I had already been in the business for 10 years and I started to use cannabis and cold turkey I was able to not have to take the pharmaceuticals anymore it's absolutely amazing and I've watched the change in people. For example, when I told my dad I quit my commercial pilot job to sell cannabis and start a distribution company legally, um, it was my birthday dinner, and him and my stepmom got up and made a big scene in the restaurant and basically disowned me in front of everybody. That was about five years ago. Fast forward to today, my stepmom and dad have their own CBD company they sell for. <laughs> right? That was the, And when I got that call, I'm just like, You can't be mad because it's the education and that's all I tell everybody. Please just educate yourself and if talk to someone because you probably don't even realize what it can help. Like you don't know what you don't know. So talk to someone who does know and get some get some cannabis in your life because it probably helps a whole bunch of things you don't even know are issues. My father is 92 and has been going through a lot of health issues and had seizures because of a thyroid condition. My mom had been giving him Petrimins, which are two and a half milligrams, and he he got the blood test results yesterday, and she calls me on the phone, and she goes, 
your father tested positive for marijuana. And I was like, oops, he's never had a drink in his life. He's never smoked in his life. But thank goodness the dementia will take over and he doesn't know that he's now testing positive for marijuana. But he had horrible, like, leg cramps that were going shooting pain. And it's been the one thing that has controlled those sharp pains was the cannabis. I have a family friend who um, relies upon edibles for their tremors. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. She has tried everything. She's probably in her mid-70s, and she found these delicious gummies that really control her trembling. So it's Plus a miracle. Plus, you get gummies, which are always fun. Everybody yeah. likes gummies. Absolutely. You know, however, um, you know, not to deal with too much of the dark side here, but you, uh, Joanna, you had sent along to me an article that was just in, in a recent issue of the New Yorker, and like most New Yorker articles, it goes on for longer than you want to read it. But it was all about how research is still needed. There hasn't been that much in the way of studies of. Of, of long-term usage, of where it takes you, et cetera. Well, the United States government has been very generous in giving us the University of Mississippi where they're doing their cannabis studies. If you look to see what they're doing there, it's really a laughable joke because they're not, they're not doing anything. They're still controlled by big pharma, mm-hmm. and until they find a way to... Im- put big pharma at arm's length so that they can actually educate themselves, um, you're not going to see a lot of studies from the U.S. government. But considering the number of companies that are investing in medical marijuana, I would say that, and big pharma is well, probably one of wait them. Wait for them to get hit with their 280E. Those big companies will probably make a big U-turn. Yeah. But oh. everyone's trying to get in on it right now. Everyone sees it as an opportunity. Until they and, get their taxes. But, they want, but they're not going to change the laws until they can get rich themselves. And the, the crazy part about it is everybody's all excited about THC and CBD. There's actually 113 plus different cannabinoids that we haven't even researched about yet. And on top of that, there's terpenes and flavonoids the terpenes are just now starting to be understood and that gives the whole entourage effect of the cannabis and nobody even knows what the flavonoids do yet there's probably cannabinoids that we don't even like have developed and know exactly what they are because they haven't been researched that might help a lot of these people's day-to-day issues but everybody's been so worried about making pharmaceuticals that we haven't looked on our own damn earth to make okay. something no, actually so <laughs> can john not to interrupt you but to just go back and look at cannabis it's the same thing as going into the rainforest to make um antibiotics mm-hmm. it's a full plant and people need to understand it's the full plant it's the full spectrum that's where you're going to get your natural um, medicinal products and if they can sit there and make antibiotics for everyone out of the rainforest why can't they take this cannabis that's on farms and indoors and light depots and greenhouses and do the same thing i mean they're really of equal plus those of us who have been in the rainforest know that there are a zillion plants in there that are in need of very research. homeopathic people have no idea what they do yet you know they know that the ones that they've tried have done amazing right, and things. we're so busy destroying the earth and i'm probably not your green recycle girl but <laughs> since we do have um plant-based products and mm-hmm. health products and medicines why should that be on the same equal footing as an antibiotic can you use the word a moment ago that that needs explained you said the entourage effect the entourage you mean, you mean like effect. in the tv show you yeah know, the guys <laughs> around 
No, so the entourage effect is um, kind of where the terpenes fall. It gives you all of your feelings. So, like, there's a lot of different ones, and I'm not terpene expert by any means, but, like, um, it's the smell and it's the like flavor. It's like the limonene. Yeah. Um, the tangerine. There's some that are very... Um, they give anti-anxiety pro- uh, properties or um, like mercine gives you is is good for sleep. Um, like a, a solid mercine with a good CBN cannabinoid is going to be a, a cannabis product that's going to give you good sleep. Um, like Lattaloo, you know, from the lemon smell, it's it's and the, the crazy part is terpenes are in everything. Um, I think that the best way to kind of bring, you know, people always like to compare alcohol to cannabis your um, tannins in your wine are kind of like your terpenes in your cannabis um, you can have terpenes in a candle you can have terpenes in a tree terpenes are everything around terpenes you terpenes are all your food and yep. all your food products so you have an orange you have broccoli you have everything has a terpene in it so you can have naturally pull the extract the terpenes from a cannabis plant, or you could pull food grade terpenes out of foods that you eat every this day. Is such a world apart from the old yo, dude. You want to blow some J with me? <laughs> I know, even thought it's like, who knew? I even thought alcohol. Um, I recently read has terpenes yep. in it. Every, they're just not highlighted as okay. a selling point. And, and, and let's find terpene a little bit here. It's um... so a terpene is the flavor. And the kind of the smell in the cannabinoids. So if you look at um, the actual physical cannabis plant, you know that glittery, crystally stuff on the outside of the plant? Those are your trichomes. Trichomes hold everything that you need to experience your high and your effects. Trichomes contain the cannabinoids, the terpenoids, and the flavonoids all together in there. So... Literally, your terpenes are kept in those little tiny crystals that are on your cannabis. Okay, now, now you coming from Seattle, and you still have family in Seattle, uh, which preceded um, Oregon, which preceded California. How have things? You probably had a couple of years ahead of us, right? How how have things changed up there? You know, where where will we be in California in in a, in a two, three, what, five years, however many years it was. So the crazy thing about it is, even though I have brought REC to two states now, this state is different since you guys had the Prop 215 medical program for so long. Your knowledge base of your general consumers and your, um, you guys are so much more advanced in products than these other states have been. The one thing that is different is when REC comes in, it is, it goes from being buddy-buddy to paperwork. It is a business now. Um, there's no backpacks and, you know, turkey bags. People are coming in in briefcases. It's there's, sprinter vans. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sprinter vans. It's uh, security. Um, it's metric coming in. This track and trace thing is a whole nother level that you don't really realize until you get into it. They track freaking everything when you move your product from that room to that room you now have to fill that out in the computer and if you don't they're watching you over this cloud of cameras and they can cite you instantly you just have it's it's big brother they sent you a letter to comply yeah and and it i mean i they're really nice 
as you're going through it and learning it, but then it gets pretty extreme. Um, my friend in Colorado got their dispensary shut down for 30 days because someone left a gummy on the counter that had THC in it. Like, that's ridiculous. Every night um, under metric, you have to take all of your product off the shelf and it has to be in a regulated type of safe. And then you put it all out just like a jewelry company would do. Like if you're sell diamonds or something. Explain the term metric. Metric. Metric is um, the track and trace system that tracks seed to sale. They basically supply you with these RFID tags and then a um, computer system that tracks those and so you can kind of see where the plant goes all the way from literally when you pop that seed to when it's sitting on the shelf in a package. So are you saying that uh, with cameras all over the place there are a bunch of guys sitting in a room somewhere i always think guys who look like stephen miller who are busy busy like watching everything you do i don't think they're busy watching they're probably i might try and get that job this year (laughs) (laughs) they're hiring the bcc is hiring so yes and no um i think oregon was such a small state that we had more people to enforce than we needed which is the exact opposite of what you guys have going on here um, here it seems like they're going to be more kind of having you tell them when you're doing things that they need to watch. For example, uh, if you have someone coming out to take testing, so if you need your product tested, they want you to inform them so they can watch the cameras when that goes down. If you have product that's being destroyed, you need to tell them so they can watch those when they're coming down. I think they want you to think they're watching you all the time, but if you're not screwing up, I don't think they're really going to be super monitoring. But, I mean, is it cameras. like, you know, some windowless room somewhere in, you know, a strange suburb where, you know, a, a, a bunch of um, characters in dark suits <laughs> with skinny ties are all staring all day long at screens? In Oregon, it's um, part of the division of cannabis. They just have, you know, a, the cloud room, and they have people cloud that are watching room. them. That's what we, we've called it. I've seen it. The, it's it's. I reminds me of uh, the movie Airplane when they're having like the crash landing, and everyone's in that cock uh, no. in that room where they're all discussing like how they're going to get the plane to land, and there's total chaos. And it'll That's be called the strategy room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I... I think more about Dr. Strangelove, by the way. I don't think California is going to have that. And I think they... Oregon was really weird because they they gave out the initial amount of licenses and there was only like 300 total for the state. Now, fast forward like two, three years. Now they have six or 700. So I'm sure how they were watching us initially is not how they're watching Oregon now. I think we just started very, very small. And so they were... Way it's overboard hard learning. because California has had medical cannabis since 1996, I believe. Yep. And now you're going to try to go back and fill um, with that type of information now that it's become recreational. So what are you going to do with the people that have been doing it for so long? And the crazy thing is, actually, tomorrow, um, the 9th, is the last day that Prop 215 is in effect after that. All of this old way of doing cannabis in California is completely illegal. Um, at least they're keeping your medical. In Oregon, they said they weren't going to mess with the medical, and then they dropped the medical maximum to 100 milligrams and then taxed the hell out of it. Um, there's this old, um, 
I'm going to try not to cry right here. There is this, there was this old vet that was always at one of my dispensaries that I dropped to and he used cannabis because it, he didn't have to take all his pills and he did like 1500 milligrams a day. And I'd always give him taffies, always give him taffies. Well, about three months into rec and then putting this medical tightening on Rick wasn't there. And I'm like, yo, where's Rick? He's always here. Well, he couldn't afford his medicine. He passed away and we can't give it to him for free anymore. <laughs> that, so, so, that so, so, killed so, so, me. Basically, do I have to renew my medical, or I don't even bother redoing it anymore? I mean, it's if you're going to carry more than an ounce, Merrill, I would renew it. If you're not, I think you're okay. okay. Yeah, it's well, it's not the worth the house. My medical is mostly edibles, largely I, edibles. I don't think you really need. Yeah, your I like okay. to go to this store with my dad, who gets a veterans discount. Oh, that's nice for serving. Nice. Our is country. there an ARP discount that I could, I could make, pick up? <laughs> Not yet. I, I Tuesday. We'll have senior day on Tuesday. I said, well, <laughs> guess what? Senior Today's in high school. Tuesday. <laughs> nope. Got to be 21 or over, remember, to consume cannabis in the state of California. Legally. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, um, it was interesting when, when, it, when it was legalized recently in, um, in Massachusetts. And they were like, aren't there it was like two places in the whole state. It was something incredibly finite. And the lines of people waiting for the places to open had been waiting all night long. It was just amazing. And it was like, you know, things get crowded here, you know, on a, a good Saturday night, all right? You know, things will get busy. But otherwise, they're pretty much, um, you know, you could be pretty reliably walk through the door. Um, I remember when it was medical, you had to, like, sit in an, an outer room, and, um, you know, it got buzzed in. I guess they just didn't want too many people in the store, um, you know, just, just for, for security. We never had the buzzer set. that way. Okay. I mean, we tried to always treat it because it was, I represent the fastest growing demographic in cannabis. And those people didn't want to walk into dark uh, glass rooms and where you're buzzed and things of that sort. Yeah. And I guess being on Melrose and being part of the community people had a sense of safety and that they could come in and out and um, they had a lot of information and a lot of their questions asked. So I didn't ever have that stigma of for my patients. They felt like they could come in because it was well lit. It wasn't a dark place. Yeah, I don't think I encountered too many dark ones, but usually they were windowless. You know, there was there was an, an extreme. Well, now in today's room. world, part of the regulations is bars on the inside of the windows, not on the outside of the windows. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> For aesthetics, yeah. I guess it doesn't look attractive, but you drive up and down the streets, people put bars on the outside of their residences. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, those people who are sitting in that room watching the TV sets, they're also like just scribbling on, on legal pads with, New ideas for things to make everything uncomfortable and paranoid, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of, kind of difficult. And uh, how about if we? Big had brother them, is always watching. How so. about if we had them only wear brown shoes? The people working in the store can only wear brown shoes. Yeah, see, you can't work there. I'm shoes. so happy. I I'm never off. work there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and as. I, we we got actually a, 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 some some feedback about the show, which which I know you had seen, um, and it was it was very inspiring. It was like you know they they said they love what we're doing here because it's it's not about rec, it's about medical, and it's and it's really informative. And I think coming up on our next show, what we're going to deal into deal with is Cam. If you could stick around a little bit Absolutely. longer. Absolutely. 
Um, and I think you've got some, some maybe some CBD people coming along. Um, we're gonna we're gonna deal with uh, what the products out there are for different stuffs because there there is confusion. I mean, you were mentioning the gummies before. Everyone likes the gummies because everyone likes gummies. I mean, that's just how it is. I myself am rather fond of the mints. Um, you know, uh, you you would give me a, a a cookie. I think you gave me you gave me a cookie. It was. Um, it was a terrible cookie. <laughs> and it crumbled to bits. I did not make that cookie. I know. It was. It was a terrible cookie. It was like. It, it was, was like. A, whoa. It was a go. sample. Um. Yeah. It was. Oh, well, it was a sample cookie. Okay. Um, it was a sample that I had got. It was a sample that I had gotten, and uh, it must have gotten messed up. Um. Because it, it was. You know. I mean, if it did the job, but it didn't seem to do much either. So. And therein is, you know, there is a certain wing and a prayer aspect, you know, which I think is as maybe as control has gotten better, um, isn't quite happening. Where, you know, uh, not all pro- not all products were created equally. Um, so we, we we kind of, um, you know, through a certain amount of experimentation, you discover what what does and does not work best for you. Um, I know the uh, is, it, is it the um, are the mints kiva. Yes, they're yeah. petromints. Petromints, yeah. They they um they're very reliable. They're very reliable. That is yeah. A lot of people's the, best friend. The yeah. thing is that every single person has a different uh, endocannabinoid system, and so every single product is going to hit every single person differently. Uh, the interesting part about edibles is since it goes and pr- is processed through your liver, it actually turns the THC into eleven hydroxy THC which is 300 times more psychoactive. And so a lot of people are like, I'm only taking these small amounts and it's working. And then they'll kick up their dose and they're like, whoa, 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 I'm not okay anymore. I don't understand how I was good on the 2.5, but now I take only 10 or 20 and I'm just floored. It's the same thing if you're going to take one Tylenol for 200 milligrams or are you going to go take 1,000 milligrams? Yeah. You know, I, I I think I got a D in chemistry. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to feel it might have been an F. It's okay. My boyfriend did my whole chemistry year for me because if you didn't pay attention from day one, you were toast. And I am so sorry that I did not do it because I didn't know that I was going to have to rely on chemical in the chart. It's Meryl Schindler here with uh, with Janice Hardoon with. Joanna Belson with Cami Cutter talking about the wonders of CBD and THC and medical cannabis. It is a brand new world. And, you know, we're believers. We are true believers here in High in the Hog. We've got another episode coming up in just a little bit. So well, stay tuned. Or however these things are broadcast, it'll be along. <laughs> it's High on the Hog.